The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. From your favorite source for Chicago White Sox talk, delivering news, interviews, analysis, and more. This is the Sox Machine Podcast with your hosts, Jim Margulis and Josh Nelson. Helping me with this episode of the Sox Machine Podcast with our 2023 season predictions. He's on 670 The Score weekdays from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Central Time. He's got his own podcast, The House of L. He's got his own podcast network. He's a columnist for the Chicago Sun-Times, and we are very lucky to have him as one of our best friends of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Lawrence Holmes. And Lawrence, welcome back to the show. I'm excited to be back here, although I don't know if I should be to tell you the truth, because this is where everything went wrong for the White Sox last year, but it was on the preview of this podcast. Uh, yeah, and that's why I wanted to do this, as redemption, uh, to, <laughs> because our... Our season predictions last year worked out so well. Uh, I pretty much nailed the worst case scenario on how exactly it was going to go in the first half. And we're going to get there. We're going to get to our best case scenario. We'll talk about what we think is going to be the worst case scenario, what we think the White Sox final record will be, and then break it down who who we think is going to be the best position player, best pitcher, who's due for a breakout season, and then uh, we'll feebly share our World Series prediction at the end of the episode. But there's a couple of things with the Chicago White Sox as we head to opening day that needs to be discussed, Lawrence. And one is going to be the White Sox roster. In true White Sox fashion, we may not fully know who is on the 26-man roster until Thursday morning of opening day as the team travels to Houston. But right now, the rumor, thanks to Daryl Van Scowen, of the Chicago Sun-Times and his sources reporting that the bench is most likely going to be Sebi Zavala, Gavin Sheets, Hanser Alberto replacing Lurie Garcia, and one of Pedro Grafal's guys, Romy Gonzalez, being on the bench. What are your thoughts about the White Sox bench for the 26-man roster? Um, I, I thought it was interesting, like, seeing the note that, that Billy got sent down today. I kind of thought he had a a chance to make it just because of maybe the rules being more advantageous for having a guy like that on your roster. But that's not a bad guy to stash in Charlotte until you actually need him, which might not be until September or October. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I was 
quite honestly shocked that they cut Leary. I was shocked by that in a really good way. And not that I, you know what's funny, Josh? I feel like when we talk, when we have talked about Leary, not just you and I, but all of us in like the White Sox orbit have talked about Leary. It's almost like we don't like Leary, and that's not the case. I I really like as a guy, he's a really good dude. As a player, he was miscast, and he was miscast partially because of the contract that Rakan gave him. Mm-hmm. He would have been if you would have treated him over the last two years like the twenty six man on your roster. White Sox fans would not be angry, but it was this this trying to make fetch work with Leori that kept happening over and over again. We're like, what is he doing batting leadoff? Why is he batting cleanup? And Tony LaRusso is like, have you seen the at-bats? It's like, come on, man. Like, yeah, we've all seen the at-bats for years and years and years. So I don't want it to come off like we're just taking shots at, at Leori Garcia, who by all accounts is a great teammate and a hardworking baseball player. But it, but to see that Pedro Grafol and Rick Hahn are on the same page about things is very encouraging to me that the front office is getting information from the dugout. The dugout is giving information to the front office and then they're coming to consensus. That's important. And that's something that we haven't seen in a while. Yeah. This synergy between the white Sox clubhouse and the front office, Pedro got his guys. I mean, he's been hyping up Romy Gonzalez for a while he raved about Hans Alberto and the experience of Alberto being on the 2021 Kansas City Royals when Grafal was the bench coach there. So he's got his two guys. He has no choice but to carry Sebi Zavala because the White Sox are very thin at catcher. I'm a bit confused with the inclusion of Gavin Sheets because I just don't know when Gavin Sheets is ever going to play for the White Sox you're not even if you have a tough right-handed starting pitching pitcher you're not gonna have Gavin Sheets hit over Eloy Jimenez as the DH you're still gonna have Eloy being the DH for the White Sox so that's the one player that I'm a bit confused on and there's really no outfielder in this bench I you're throwing Romy Gonzalez into the wolves I mean he's doing his best right now with his athleticism and late in spring training to show that maybe he can spell a few innings in the outfield, but he's still very green in the outfield, Lord. So we continue to play this game with the White Sox of, hey, I've never played outfield before. Eh, it's all right. It's easy to learn. It's totally easy to learn. And just look <laughs> at all of the great examples that the White Sox have had over the last few years. Yes, it's a it's a tempting fate 26-man roster if this is the 26-man roster that we get. And then there's also the the Yoan Moncada issue. Yeah, the latest is that Moncada's back is supposedly fine, and then his right butt uh, cheek was oddly referenced in the same injury report. His buttocks. <laughs> his buttocks was. Uh, let Let me give you a, a prediction. Okay. And this is the only place I feel safe making this prediction. You gotta say it like you mean it. <laughs> um, I predict that either or both Andrew Vaughn and Yoan Moncada will not escape April without some sort of hamstring injury. Ooh, hamstring. That is specific because lately it's just been backs, but I think that I think the back is, is 
I, I think their backs are hurting. I don't think anyone's hiding anything. I just think that that's usually a precursor to a guy not being stretched out mm. enough. And we're going to see one or both of those guys pop a hammy before the month is out. I hope I am wrong. I would love to be wrong because I think I am the last of the Moncada truthers mm. out here in these streets. And I would love to see him play great, but I'm I'm a little worried, and I'm worried that Andrew Vaughn spent a majority of the spring saying, "Oh, you know, my back. If it were the regular season, I, you know, the playoffs, yeah, I'm concerned about that going in." But that's we're conditioned, mm-hmm. right? All of us that are White Sox fans are now conditioned when we hear that a guy's got a little something going on you start thinking the worst possible scenario for that. With Mikata, he played hard in the World Baseball Classic, and unfortunately he had that hard collision late in the semifinal game against Team USA that had everyone holding their breath. So I could understand if Yohan Mikata is still feeling a bit sore. I don't know what Andrew Vaughn's excuse is. He's 24 years old, and I feel like he's got the body of a 35-year-old Lawrence. He is scaring me with this back soreness. Like... You're 24. Come on, man. Like you should be in the best shape you're of your 20, life. You're 24. You're 24, and you don't run a lot. <laughs> I just don't get it. Like, like you're you're not like some sort of speedster right. or anything like that. Like you're 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 kind of landlocked, but maybe we're finding out why, and we'll we'll see. But it's it's something that I my antenna are already up when it comes to this. And that's because as a White Sox fan, I have been conditioned to go, oh, no, they're going to be hurt. Yeah. So here's hoping that I'm completely wrong. And I hope that Moncada and Vaughn make it through April. And then they're like, we were listening to to the Sox Machine podcast when that a-hole home said that we were going to have hamstrings. How you like me now? Like, that would be, like, the best thing if that happened. Yoga and Peloton. That's all I could recommend to Andrew Vaughn. (laughs) <laughs> try to improve your I think, flexibility. I think those are both. I think those are excellent <laughs> things. Like honestly, for for people, even if they're not major league baseball players, I I do try to do yoga every morning. And I'm someone who has back and hamstring yeah. issues, so I've been trying to increase flexibility and mobility and all of that stuff. So I just I know how it is when I start running, and I'm not an elite athlete by any stretch of the imagination. So just keep your eye out for that as the spring goes on. So Pedro Grafal, it's a tough test for a new manager. 10 of the first 13 games for the White Sox this season are on the road. And of course, that journey starts in Houston. And in one of his latest press conferences, Lawrence, he sent out a message to everyone asking for a fresh start for the White Sox and disregard what happened before he arrived. Is that a fair request coming from Pedro Grafal? And will that request be honored? Yes, it is a fair request for him to go, look, guys, I just got here. Like, I know that there's a, a mountain of poop that you've been dealing with, but let me try and work my magic. I, I've been so impressed with him. Um, No, I don't think it's going to be received in the way that it was meant. I think that White Sox fans are angry. I was, it's so funny, Josh. Like I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who is a hardcore White Sox fan. And we hadn't had the conversation about the Sox in in a little while. And and I asked about going into the season, like what are fair expectations? And this person said, win more than one playoff game. 
And I said, that is, you know, that that's, I like that. Like that's, that's fair to, to want for them. And then we kind of started going through the list of grievances that this fan had. And it ranged from Jose Abreu not being on the team to them adding Mike Clevenger to the last two years and wasted time to, to Tim Anderson last season. Like there was, there was a lot of scar tissue and I think it's noble and proper for Pedro Grafol to want to be treated as if he wasn't the reason why this happened because he wasn't, he's trying to change things and, and I'm going to try to give him that space to do it. I've loved the way that he's approached spring training. This is exactly what the White Sox have needed. Now, even with that approach, we still saw guys not hitting cutoff men, guys not throwing to the right base, stuff like that. I want to see if he's going to end up being like a man of his word and holding guys accountable for that. And it's hard to take your best players out of games and hold them accountable when you're trying desperately to win games. Yeah, I think from my perspective and on how we're going to try to handle his request on Sox Machine, there are compartments. There is a learning experience for us with Pedro Grafal because he's brand new. And maybe we give him until the middle of May before we start really, you know, pulling out the screwdriver, putting the screws to him, really critiquing and how he's managing games. We gave, we gave him the first quarter of the season to, to learn the ropes. And again, especially with bullpen management, we have no idea how he's going to manage the bullpen when Liam Hendricks is not going to be available to close games. We're all going to be learning in that type of scenario. And we're all going to be learning how he's going to be handling lineups differently than Tony La Russa or even Rick Renteria in the past years with this particular core of players that the White Sox have. If there's any booing, I don't know if so much booing was going to be towards the field, if not upstairs, Lawrence. Yeah. And, I, you know, like, I, I think that if there's any type of criticism or if Grafal gets any line of questioning that might come off to him as criticizing the White Sox, I don't know if someone just needs to pull him to the side and go off the record and be like, this question may be directed to your bosses who do not like to speak to the public media anymore. So we apologize, but we've got to ask this question because this is what's on everyone's mind. I think that that's, that is right. Like he has to understand that this has very little to do with him. Right. The, the White Sox fans are, are angry because, you know, I sit next to one every day. You know, I, I Erstein is he and I, I imagine the next time that you guys are on the show, he'll even bring it up. He's still mad about how he feels like there have been two years that have been wasted. That that you you took two years away from a winning window. And I don't know other than winning, I don't know how the White Sox end up making up for that. And if they do win, like that's that's great. And They'll look at it as, see, we told you, but that's all right. I don't mind being told I told you so, but but you kind of didn't, though. We told you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like, we told you this is a huge mistake what you're getting ready to do. And they were like, no, it's not. You don't know what you're talking about. Get out of here. Everything's fine. And then when things stop being fine, 
they they just kind of drifted into oblivion and now they've they the way that I've described it, whether it's on the score or in the Sun Times, they owe Josh, they owe, they owe a debt to White Sox fans, and they got to pay. And and mm-hmm. it's it's not just going to be. That's the thing about us as a collective. We're not just going to allow for opening days here and everything's fine. You've got to prove it. Everyone over there is on a prove it deal with the South Side. And that means the decisions that you made in the offseason, the everything, the front office ownership. Now, I give Jerry Reinsdorf some credit, some begrudging credit, because he is the person that it, that would have had to say, yes, we're going to eat the rest of this bad money that my general mm-hmm. manager gave to a 26 player on a roster. So you got you got I give him credit for that, but they owe and it would be great. It would really be great if this team came off that first 10 out of 13, eight and five, you know, and, and listen to what I just did. That's not crazy. Like, that's not, I need them to go 12 and one, but eight and five would feel pretty good as you started a, a nice homestand. Yeah. I, I mean, four in Houston, then three at home against the giants, then three in Pittsburgh and then three in Minneapolis before they come home against Baltimore. It is a tough stretch, and I think specifically as far as like criticism, when it comes to Griffaw and how he navigates these waters in the first 13 games of the season, which could be a bit tricky for a new manager, I think how he does the lineup and the playing time, we're all going to be learning here. And it's going to be kind of tough to really get on Griffaw's back because we're learning his tendencies, and he might be learning as well. But if Mike Clevenger gets blown up in back-to-back starts, okay, that criticism even though Grafal is going to hear about it is not directed at Grafal. <laughs> it's going to, it's that's right. definitely going to be directed upstairs. Uh, unless he mismanages it where it's a situation where clearly like Clevenger or whomever doesn't yeah. have it. And, and he lets him wear it when he doesn't need to let him wear it. But no, nah, like you're a hundred percent right. Like that's, I hope that Pedro doesn't feel that way. He might. I, I I really hope that he doesn't, though, because it's not it's really not a. I think everyone's pretty much on board. Anyone that's paid any attention at all to what Pedro Grafol has tried to accomplish, I would hope that they're on board with what it is that he's doing. I I know I'm one of the more cynical White Sox people in media in Chicago, and I'm on board Mm -hmm. with it. They've been joking, you know, uh, Lawrence loves Pedro. Damn right. You're damn right I do. Because finally, someone is saying some of the things that need to be said. It still rings in my head that that he, he when he got introduced, he's like, look, we used to look across the diamond and go, no, oh, those guys don't want it today. And we could get some wins out of playing them. And And it was clear in every facet of the game. So the hope is that they don't do that anymore and that they actually play the game the the way that you hope that that group of talent could. And then let's see what happens. More with Lawrence Holmes and our 2023 season predictions after a quick word from our sponsors. I've been there. You waffle in deciding if you're going to a game or a concert, then you finally make up your mind as you want to go. But when you're checking out, Third-party sites, either prices are insane 
or ticket availability is zilch. Buying tickets to events shouldn't be stressful. Use GameTime to purchase your tickets. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, or theater shows near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets, and their best price guarantee helps eliminate stressing over tickets. Maybe you decided a few months ago, I'm not going to the Chicago White Sox home opener. But now, you've changed your mind and don't want to miss out on the tailgating and excitement being at the ballpark. Right now, GameTime has tickets for the White Sox home opener as cheap as $25 and don't miss out on their flash sales to get better seats at an awesome rate. Visit GameTime.co or download the app in the App Store for Apple devices or the Google Play Store for Android. I enjoy using GameTime because they also have seat views while browsing through tickets. That really helps my decision making. And you should use GameTime over the other third-party sites because of their GameTime guarantee. If you find tickets in the same section or even row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. That's why GameTime is the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country. Download the GameTime app on your smartphone, create your account, and get $20 off your first purchase by using promo code SOCKSMACHINE. Terms and conditions apply. Again, create an account and use our promo code SOCKSMACHINE for $20 off your first ticket purchase. GameTime. Last-minute tickets. Lowest prices. Guaranteed. Well, let's get into our White Sox predictions, and we're going to start with an optimistic route. And hopefully, this actually comes to fruition. Okay. Let's start with the best case scenario for the White Sox. I think for every Major League Baseball team, well, let's say for 20 of the 30 teams, the best case scenario is the White Sox or their teams win the World Series. What is your best case scenario, Lawrence? And how do the White Sox get there to the best case scenario? The best case scenario for the White Sox is for a majority of the season, the team stays healthy. Because really, that's what we're talking about here. And we know that a bunch of these guys have enough talent to make some stuff happen. So in the best case scenario, the, the players that matter for the White Sox stay healthy. They stay healthy, and they are in a competitive race in the American League Central. I don't Even though Cleveland didn't do squat, I don't think they're going anywhere. And I think that their style of play is um, it's, it's akin to Ozzie Guillen talking about the piranhas with the twins, <laughs> you know, 15 years ago. It's that way can win and they have an excellent manager. So that, that that's how you win games inside the margins. So for me, it's best case scenario. Everyone stays healthy, mainly Tim Anderson. And if Tim, I'm writing this for the Sun-Times, as a matter of fact, I'm finishing up my column before we, we got on here. If Tim Anderson, he was an all-star last year. Yay, that was kind of how the Sox Clubhouse reacted when they were told that. Which was, Oh, I forgot about that, yeah. Remember the house? I was just like, hey, and Tim's a, a, a all-star. Yay. <laughs> so, if but this version, someone said to me back in the winter, said, you watch Tim Anderson in the WBC. The word on the street was he had seen some of the money that was going around with the shortstops. And he looked and he was like, I'm as good as those guys. And he wanted to show the world. He had a really good 
World Baseball Classic, I think that he opened some eyes. I thought it was cool that he played second base. If the best case scenario for the White Sox is that Tim Anderson plays 130 to 140 games. And if he does, and they are relatively healthy, they will compete for the American League Central title. And that's your best case scenario? They'll compete for the division title? Yep. That is my best case scenario. My best case scenario, the White Sox win the World Series. Wow! He's back! He's back. <laughs> the the best case scenario they they go ninety five and sixty seven. Grafal is a genius. Mancata, Anderson, Robert, Vaughn, Andrews all play one hundred and forty plus games. Cease, Lynn, and Giolito all make thirty plus starts. Liam Hendricks comes back in June, and the White Sox, thanks to outstanding starts from Dylan Cease and Lucas Giolito, upset the Astros in the ALCS, and they go on and win the World Series. That's my best-case scenario for the White Sox in 2023. Let's get a little closer to reality. Let's talk about worst-case scenario, which I nailed last (laughs) year. (laughs) I'm going to have you you start before I I provide my worst-case scenario. What what do you think is the worst-case scenario for the White Sox? The worst-case scenario is they are not healthy, and we see some of the – injury bug pop back up inside that clubhouse. The worst case scenario is Luis Robert isn't as good as we all think he is. And some of the stuff that we saw last year continues to plague him. The worst case scenario is that as much as I love what Pedro is doing in Glendale, that doesn't always translate to major league ball. Once the games are for real and he is overwhelmed by what he's doing and what his job is. And the White Sox finished third in the American League Central. That's the worst case scenario for me. Worst case scenario for me. The White Sox finished 72 and 90. They're five games below 500 at the All-Star break before they take what is going to be the toughest week in Major League Baseball for them in 2023, where they have to go to Queens and then Atlanta And after Atlanta, they got to go to Minneapolis. Like, that's how their schedule lays out after the All-Star break. And they're five games below 500 at the All-Star break because April's too tough for them. Injuries pile up in May and in June. And come close to the trade deadline, the White Sox just don't see a team that could compete with Cleveland. So they trade Lucas Giolito. They trade Lance Lynn. We see a lot of Davis Martin. We see a lot of Sean Burke in August and September. And the season completely collapses on the White Sox. And they go 72-90. and They barely finish ahead of the Kansas City Royals for third place in the American League Central. And we have a lot of questions about the direction of this franchise going into the offseason. A question or discussion that I think a lot of White Sox fans are just going to peace out on. Be like, I, I'm not ready. I, I, I don't want to talk about another rebuild. But that that would be the worst case scenario for me. Is I, I don't want to talk about another rebuild. If your doomsday scenario comes true, I don't want to talk about another rebuild with Rick doing it. Like, I, I won't even I won't even I won't even allow that discussion to happen on my show or my pods. Like, no, nah, you need someone new. Mm-hmm to do that 
you you can't ask White Sox fans to live through that again because White Sox fans they bought into the concept of a rebuild in a way that I didn't honestly believe. And seeing the excitement that there was for the prospects coming up and seeing White Sox fans engage, you better not do it again with the same guy. If you do it again, it better be with fresh eyes with someone else coming in and saying, we got to, we got to strip this thing down to the studs and start over. They, they, if they trade off pieces and end up finishing third and then try to sell you some, we're rebuilding again with Rick being the guy that's doing rebuilding full fledged white Sox fandom revolt. And I guess they have the built in excuse. Thanks to Forbes of, well, we're losing cash. This didn't work. So we got to recoup our losses and revenue uh, or whatever financial term Forbes reference uh, in their article that the White Sox were the third biggest losers when it comes to finances behind the Padres and New York Mets in major league. Well, they got, they got a fresh $30 million from MLB BAM tech this off season. So, you know, won't lose any money this year. Yeah. So I am really hopeful. The worst case scenario does not happen from my perspective because Again, the way I could, the way I see it, their schedule is really tough. It's really tough at the beginning. It gets a little easier in May and a little easier in the beginning part of June. And then, I mean, in July, who made this schedule? Your homestand before the All-Star break <laughs> at home is Toronto and St. Louis. Then you get the All-Star break. And then you go to Atlanta. And then you go to Queens. And then you go to Minneapolis. And then you come home and you're two games against the Cubs and you never know what kind of team you're going to have for the Cubs. They're going to be hyped for that match, uh, that series. And then a four games at home against Cleveland. And then it's the trade deadline. Like that's the slippery slope I'm talking about. Like if you're at 500 at that point and you trip, it's not trip, stumble. Okay. We dust ourselves off. We get back up again. It's trip. Right. Oh my gosh, we're falling off of the cliff in the Grand Canyon and things just getting out of hand real fast. Like that is, I would circle and say, not call it the gauntlet. That's the danger zone for the White Sox. Like that goes either two two ways. The White Sox excel and that gives everyone confidence that they should buy the deadline. This team's making the playoffs or this team just completely falls apart in front of our eyes. And we saw that last year, but we saw that in late April, and the White Sox never recovered. Nope, they never did. Our 2023 win-loss record prediction for the Chicago White Sox is coming up next after a quick word from our sponsor. Kick off the new year with new gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customable snow glasses, and much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair you've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. With Shady Rays, you can look good and feel good. 
To date, they have donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. I actually have three pairs from Shady Rays because they just look awesome and I'm very picky about my sunglasses. Sometimes I like to match my sunglasses with my outfit. I could be that way. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SOCKSMACHINE for 50% off two pairs of polarized sunglasses. Again, that's ShadyRays.com, promo code SOCKSMACHINE. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. So let's go with our record prediction. So we talked about best case. We talked about worst case. I'm sure it's going to be in between. What do you got for a record prediction for the White Sox in 2023, Lawrence? I hate when you ask me this question. You want me to? I'll start first. I'll, I'll buy you some time. I'm going to go 85 and 77. Damn it. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> this. I was going to say, I was going to say 85 or 86 wins. Okay. This has the makings to me. Of a season we've seen before, but we saw it in 2012. Oh, no. In which when they the were White in first Sox, place all the way up to like the second week of September and then fell apart. Yes. God. Yes. Where Jim, where Jim Leland got the best of Robin Ventura, brand new manager, gave, gave him way too many players. He made things complicated for himself. That the White Sox are right there with Cleveland, leading Cleveland to September, and then Terry Francona gets the best of Pedro Grafal. And Grafal is the rookie manager, doesn't press the right buttons late in the season, and the White Sox stumble, and they finish second place in the American League Central. And I don't think 85 wins is going to be enough to earn one of the wild card spots in the American League. So right now I got him 85 and 77, which would be the seventh best record in the majors or in the American league, I should say. All right. I'll go, I'll go a step higher. So okay. I'll, I'll go 86 and 76. Is that the, good enough to make it into the postseason? It's good enough to compete. I, I really hope that it's not like 2012 because that was just it. That just felt really awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so my hope is that they're kind of in it the whole time. And they just can't get there at the end. And um, realistically, I actually think that that would be not okay. But I think White Sox fans would go, all right, it's at least a step in the right direction. You improved upon what you did in 2022 and onward and upward. And let's see where this thing goes from here. Let's see if they actually spend some real money in an off season now that they're close, but 86 wins with that group feels right to me, but you always have to add the caveat of if healthy, right? If they stay healthy, one thing to note, I can, I can already hear white Sox fans yelling at us about Cleveland. What about Tristan McKenzie? You guys are right. If McKenzie's injury is more serious than what Cleveland is letting on early in the reporting, that could really sway the favor over to the White Sox. I think Cleveland, the White Sox, and the Twins are three teams in the American League Central 
that could finish above 500, but I don't see any of these teams winning more than 93 games. I, I am expecting a close three-team race all season long, Lawrence. I think that you're right. I, I think that I think that what fell into Minnesota's lap <laughs> was <laughs> right. You're like you have you, you have a one of the best players in the game, and oops a daisy. Now they're he's just back because other teams were afraid of medicals that you seemingly have had done and have looked at and said, "No, nah, he's fine. Mm -hmm. He's probably gonna be fine for the next couple of years." So they fell into being back in contention in in this division. We know what Cleveland's got. Cleveland's got good pitching, a great manager, and a game plan against you every time that you play. And Jose Ramirez, like they have all of those things. The White Sox should be able, and I hate that we have to keep talking about them this way. They should be able to generate runs at a higher pace than the other two teams in the league. Mm -hmm. I actually kind of like their rotation. Uh, de depending on which version of Lucas Giolito shows up this year, and if that that 27 pounds or whatever he's talking about actually makes a difference in the, the type of velo that he's going to be able to work with and his command on his changeup, I, I think there's a lot there, but I, I'm also still trying to figure out, okay, yeah, some of those those balls that Yaz hits are going to end up being singles this year, and then he's on the bases for you. Like, I'm happy that he gets hits, but I kind of want Yaz to be concentrating on hitting the ball over the fence. Yeah. And I know just getting him on bases is what you want, Overall, but uh, he, he has to be, as Steve Stone would say, he has to be a run generator. Like th That's what he's got to do this year. So hopefully he can do that. So we went through our best case or worst case scenarios and we made our prediction. Okay. So let's talk about who we think is going to be the best position player for the White Sox in 2023. I've been thinking about this a lot. I, I think that there are only two options for this Luis Robert or Tim Anderson like yeah I, I, I can't I mean I'd, I'd love for it to be Moncada but you know we can't trust that I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> go ahead and say that Tim Anderson is gonna be the best position player for the White Sox this year I agree I think Anderson I think Anderson's gonna make the all-star game again he may not be the starter but I think he's gonna make the all-star game Again, for the White Sox, I think he's got to have a big first half. I, to, to your point, Lawrence, that you mentioned earlier in this episode, he's just a man on fire right now. And he's got a lot to prove, not only to his teammates in that clubhouse to try to move forward from 2022, but also proving to the rest of the major leagues that he is still a top 10 shortstop in this league. And to garner as much tension as possible before he can cash in on his possible big payday in a couple of years to try to convince the White Sox to give him that big payday. But I do agree with you. I think your best choices are either going to be Luis Robert or Tim Anderson. Let's talk about best pitcher for the White Sox. Who do you think ah. is going to have the biggest season for the White Sox at the pitching front? I want to say Reynaldo Lopez because I think that he's going to, I think that he's going hmm. to emerge as the guy in the ninth. Um, 
but I I'm I gotta go with the numbers and I gotta go with the it's Dylan Cease. Like it's just if if he that like that's part of the worst case scenario that we didn't talk about. If there's any real regression, like I don't mean that that he falls off a table. Yeah. But I mean he ends up being like a a three nine or four ERA guy. The White Sox are in major trouble. Like Dylan Cease has to be that dude. He's got to be in in the the Cy Young talks again if this team wants to go anywhere. Because after that, I, I, it's not a house of cards. Like I actually really do like the the rotation for the White Sox. Save the guy at the back end of the rotation, which I have a lot of questions about. But those first four guys, if you slot them right and you find the right matchups for them, it could end up being really, really great. But Cease, Cease has got to still be him, you know? Because if he isn't, like those are the games you'd be like, okay, Cease is on the mound. They at least have a chance. <laughs> like, like if they have to score more than two right. runs, but they at least have a chance. Mm-hmm. If he's, if he's, Good, but not great. The White Sox are in trouble. We have seen in recent years for the White Sox starting pitchers to have two of them in the top 10 for Scion voting. Uh, Dallas Keuchel in that weird 2020 season, along with Lucas Giolito, Carlos Rodon, and Lance Lynn. And obviously Dylan Cease was by himself as he finished second in the American League Scion voting. I think it is totally realistic, Lawrence, that the White Sox starting front, as far as with Cease, Lynn, and Giolito, pick two of those three. I could see them finish in the top 10 in the Scion voting. I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to say Lucas Giolito. Oh. And with Lucas Giolito, I am, I, I, for him and Tim Anderson, during the offseason, I've just been the most confident in them bouncing back. When people have been asking, who do you think is going to bounce back? I always keep referring to Tim Anderson and Lucas Giolito because they've done it before. Anderson's done it from the 2018 to 2019 season. Giolito did it as well from 2018 to 2019. We've seen them go from somebody like, I don't know if that's a major leaguer, to, oh, that guy's an all-star. And we've seen them make this transformation. And you can't ever discredit a major leaguer entering their contract year. We just saw Aaron Judge do this. And in his contract year, his walk year, he had 62 home runs. Now, I'm not saying... The greatest walk year in the history of right. walk years. I'm not saying Lucas Giolito striking out 300 this year, which if he wants to, by all means, go for it. But I, I think Lucas Giolito is going to be someone that finishes in the top five of the American League Scion voting. I don't know if he gets into the top three, but just to get in the top five puts him in the five war territory. And I could see him leading the White Sox starting pitchers, all pitchers actually, in innings thrown. And it sets him up for a really nice payday for a level of investment that we know the White Sox are not going to make as long as Jerry Reinsdorf is the chairman and making the decisions financially for the White Sox. So unfortunately, we're going to have this tremendous season that we're going to see from Lucas Giolito that I'm predicting. And that's the way his White Sox career ends before he goes off and signs with another team in free agency. But that's why I'm going with Giolito as the best pitcher. He's got a lot to prove and he's in a contract year with those, those two things I think propels him to having a monster 2023 season. Man, I hope that you're right. He's one of the most likable people in the White Sox organization. 
smart, cares about stuff. He tries as hard as he can. He's always tinkering and looking for something. I, I would like for him to succeed. But with him, it's pretty simple. Where's your fastball velo at? Right. That pretty much tells you the story. Because if his, his fastball velo is low, there is a likelihood that people are, are going to be able to just sit on, on the change and cover the fastball. But it would be dope if if he were the guy that he wants to be, and we've seen him be for a couple of seasons. When he focuses, he just he hits another level that I just <clears> – <throat> At times, I've not seen Dylan Cease, and I, I think Dylan Cease has got that type of focus and that type of edge, and we saw that at points last year. We just had that streak of not allowing an earned run and punching out 10-plus batters, but... I, but he's... I, I, think, I think he's got more stuff. He's got more Lucha. stuff than Giolito, but I refer back to the 2020 postseason game against Oakland and just... When he wet the bed. And just put, just put the film in of Lucas Giolito. And I could point to say that is an edge that Giolito has that Cease does not. And that is why I'm pretty confident Giolito that he's going to, he's going to maintain that level of focus all 2023. I, I think he lost some of that focus last year, especially early. And then everything unwinded two more things here. So let's talk about breakout player. Who do you think is going to break out for the white Sox in 2023? Well, you mentioned Ronaldo Lopez, and that is a that that is a good pick. I, I could see a lot of White Sox fans agreeing with you if given the opportunity. See, I felt I felt like he broke out last year, so I I'm gonna go with Andrew Vaughn. Okay, and and you can make the argument of well, Lawrence, he's already a major league hitter. Now he's going to play a position for the most part every single day, a position that he's comfortable in. And I wonder what that comfort is going to do for his offense. Like I said earlier, I'm not as high on him as other White Sox fans are or the organization, but it's one of those cases where I'd love to be proven wrong. I know that he's got some of the stuff. Like you can see the hit tool is pretty, pretty unique. And, and will he, he did a job for them too. Like I want to give him credit. Right. They, they asked him to do something that was impossible. They're like, hey, man, you know how we were telling you you might have to play a little bit of left field at the majors? Yeah. Well, can you play right? What? Yeah. <laughs> I, I can barely play left. Oh, also, um, could you go play second base? <laughs> what? Oh, and we still would like it if you could hit like 300. Like that would help yeah. us out a lot. So I give I give the young man a lot of credit for rolling with the punches and and I think becoming a better pro because of it. But he would be my choice for a breakout star. What about you? I think for White Sox fans, if you did not watch every game of the World Baseball Classic, if you did not see Team Venezuela, you are going to be pleasantly surprised when you see Jose Ruiz. And again, check the tape. His matchup against Juan Soto in the World Baseball Classic. Jose Ruiz showcased a new weapon that he sometimes flashed last year, which is this power changeup that goes 90 to 91 miles per hour. And this is a nasty pitch, Lawrence. And 
I think early on when we're trying to figure out or try to find answers for the White Sox bullpen, like who do you have the most confidence in when it comes to high leverage situations? Don't be surprised if Jose Ruiz gets the ball early for the White Sox in those situations. And he excels in those situations, no matter if he's facing righties or lefties, because he has an improved arsenal. And maybe he could break out like Ronaldo Lopez broke out last year for the White Sox bullpen. And it gives White Sox fans more confidence. If Joe Kelly can get back to normal, if Kendall Graveman can be normal, and if Ronaldo Lopez continues to do what he did last year, man, that's half your bullpen where you have really enticing, exciting arms that Pedro Gafal could use. Yeah, there's questions about Jake Diekman. I can't say his name without laughing. Uh, and Aaron Bummer, is he going to be healthy? And we'll see what Gregory Santos and Jimmy Lambert can provide for the White Sox. And we'll see if Gary Crochet or when Gary Crochet and Liam Hendricks joins the bullpen. This unit could get better as the season moves on, but I, I have confidence that Jose Ruiz is going to have a big season for the White Sox. I'm I'm I was not expecting you to dig in the crates for that. I don't know who <laughs> I was expecting you to say. I was not ex- like I, maybe like I was thinking, oh, he'll say like Gary Crochet or Kopech. No, you went to Jose Ruiz. All right, power change up. Let me write that down. Yeah, you're gonna see it against Houston. There may be a situation this opening weekend where Grafal feels more confident sticking with Jose Ruiz facing Jordan Alvarez than going to the pen and getting Jake Diekman. And if that is the case, that might be directly related to what the White Sox and what the world saw of how Jose Ruiz went up against Juan Soto. And fingers crossed, that still works out for the White Sox like it did for Venezuela. And uh, then you're going to see the power change up against Jordan Alvarez. And maybe the White Sox gave more confidence in Ruiz in those tough matchups against the lefties than Jake Diekman until Aaron Bummer feels 100%. Okay. Yeah. Don't sweat too much. (laughs) All right. And then finally, we are going to be 100% on this world series prediction time. And and you know, it's funny. He bragged about it in his column today. Bob Nightingale correctly predicted Preseason, the World Series winner in 2019, in 2020, and in 2021. And he had the Astros losing in the World Series in 2022, which obviously the Astros won the World Series. This man is really good at predicting the World Series for some odd reason. And this year, he's got Cleveland beating Philadelphia. So let's hope that doesn't come to fruition from a White Sox fan perspective. But Lawrence, who do you got? before the season begins in the World Series. I know that Jose Altuve is not available for a couple of months. It it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> they're they're yeah, still they're the biggest bully on the block in the American League. Although there's some teams like, you know, Seattle I think is really interesting. Obviously, there's a plethora of talent out there with the Angels. The Yankees or Baltimore is a team that's on the come. And obviously Cleveland is, is dangerous. I can't see myself picking against Houston because they just tend to be like, Hey, remember that seven win shortstop that you had? Yeah. We let Mm -hmm. him go. Well, what happened after that? We got another one. (laughs) You know, like, like they're able to just kind of do that. 
So I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna go Houston in the American League, and I'm I'm running back, man. The Phillies look legit. So give me Houston and, and Philadelphia with Philadelphia having their heart broken again, and Houston winning another World Series. I'm gonna go with San Diego in the National League again. I'm gonna run that back in the American League. I really like the way that Toronto has presented themselves, the team that they have built. I am not quite sure in just that the Yankees are already having injury problems. Uh, and I'm wondering if they get dug a hole too deep that they can't catch Toronto in the American League East and the Yankees get piled up into the wild card madness and the Yankees path has to go to Houston in that ALDS and that derails Woo-hoo! the Yankees. That would be one heck of an ALDS. This time, I think Toronto is the one that upsets the Astros in the ALCS. And I think a Toronto-San Diego World Series is one that everyone can really hype. And it would be a very fun and exciting World Series if it were to come to fruition. Especially those two crowds playing World Series games in San Diego and in Toronto. Rabid fans that really want this. So that's where I'm going to go. It's not going to happen with the way that I've been guessing World Series lately. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Toronto and San Diego fans. I have cursed you. But that's my World Series prediction right now is the Blue Jays and Padres. That would be a very swaggy World Series. It would be a swaggy World Series. But... I could get behind that. Yeah, so that's it. That's our 2023 season predictions, folks. And for you on SoxMachine.com in the comments section, you can make your predictions as well as we get ramped up for opening night between the Chicago White Sox and the Houston Astros on Thursday. And, of course, we'll have our watch party as well with our friends from the 108 on playback. So you do not have to watch or listen to the ESPN broadcast, specifically Roger Clemens call the game you can listen to us provide like commentary during the game but also exciting programming news socks machine jim and i will be back on for the regular season on the bernstein and home show and six save the score and i waited to the very end to make sure people listen to this because i'm going to get sappy for a moment this means the world to us lawrence and i speak on behalf of jim So we greatly appreciate this opportunity. No matter how this season unfolds, it's always a fun time to join your guys' show and provide some insight on the White Sox and our analysis. And can't wait to get started. Well, the beautiful thing is, is that we wanted different voices out there to help, you know, amplify what we're doing. And I thought that when I was doing the solo show, like you guys were the perfect thing to add to it and when i talked with dan about hey these guys are coming (laughs) like they're 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 a part of the package they're coming over to the show and seeing the way that he's embraced it and loves talking with you guys every week it's just great like i know that you guys are on top of what's happening in in the white Sox universe and you do your work you go to games you break down tape you talk to people, and that's a real value to to us. You, you make for great programming, whether it's both of you or either one of you. It's great programming. And listening to the podcast, you go, yeah, we could use a little bit of that. You know, like it, it's, it's, it's a fun supplement to our conversations about the White Sox. And I look forward to every 
every week, every Friday, knowing that you guys are going to be on and talking to us about this team in a way that is both very rational and still filled with passion. And that's a really hard thing to balance. You have to, you have to make it so that people that are listening to it, they, they will, you want them to be engaged in the conversation. And I think you and Jim do a wonderful job of that. I think you speak for a big piece of the population of White Sox fandom. And we always, Dan and I always want to make sure that we're, we're checking ourselves and, 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 being able to be like, well, wait, this is what we think, but there are other people that care about this that are smarter and younger than we are. <laughs> what if we put them on the air with us and then we could learn some stuff too. So it's been a joy. I'm glad that it was, it worked out. I'm glad that you guys were happy with what happened last season and you wanted to come back. Cause I mean, look, we all, all get things that we think we want, and then we're like, this isn't fun, but it, but it seems like you guys have embraced it and that it's been as beneficial for you as it's been for us. As Jim puts it eloquently, we're not going to let the White Sox win. <laughs> we're going to keep doing this because we're just too stubborn. <laughs> we're going to see think, this through, man. Yeah, I'm right. And <laughs> that's why this podcast has been on for as long as it has been. True. Why it's so popular and why it's the first place that people go when they want to learn and, and vent and bitch and moan <laughs> about this team. Well, Jim's going to be on the first Friday on the Bernstein at Home show, so definitely check out that episode. That's going to be around 1 o'clock, and again, that's on 670 to score. For those that are outside of Chicago, you could download the Odyssey app, and you could be able to listen out of market through the Odyssey app for 670 to score. And I believe I'm joining you guys live at Cork and Carey, on Tuesday, April 3rd, uh, there'll be more information about that. Uh, so maybe that ends up being the White Sox opening day in case uh, if weather decides to push back the home opener on Monday. Uh, so again, you'll be able to listen to us not only here on the podcast and read our work on SoxMachine.com, but we'll also be part of the Bernstein at Home show on 670 score during the 2023 season. Lawrence, as always, sir, thank you so much for hopping on the show. And hopefully this time, knock on wood, our best case scenarios actually happen. <laughs> that would be a dream if it did. It, I, if I could just take just a, a second here to just say this. I get very frustrated, especially when dealing with the White Sox in particular, when they think that we revel in their failure. No, we want you to win. It's better for everybody when you win. There's only a bump. Like people, people get this wrong. People who work at teams, people who are fans, they get this wrong. Well, negativity sells to a point. It only sells to a point. And when a team is dead, and uninteresting and losing, no one cares. No, no one, no one wants to tune in for that. We would love for there to be really good baseball all summer long, and for us to be able to talk about the X's and O's of the game. And I don't know. I I just get really frustrated that there's this sense of you're wishing for this team to fail. No, you're wishing that, that 
what you see isn't isn't what's actually happening and that they're going to be able to overcome some of this stuff but they haven't been able to over the last few years and it's getting frustrating and they seem to acknowledge the frustration but don't understand that that acknowledgement is not absolving like you don't right. get to you don't get to be like oh well we're bad and we know we're bad so have mercy on us no like that's not that's not what's going to happen until you do better so hopefully they do better and and we can be as positive as tim anderson wants us to be yes we're all pulling on the same string right that's right that's right again lawrence thank you so much for coming on the show thanks for letting me proselytize that will do it for this episode of the Sox Machine Podcast. Again, huge thanks to our guest, Lawrence Holmes of 6 of The Score, joining me to give out our 2023 season predictions. If you just discovered the Sox Machine Podcast, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Sox Machine. You can follow me on Twitter at Sox Machine underscore Josh. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Sox Machine, where we take the audio files of the podcast and uploaded into our video channel and you can subscribe to the socks machine podcast wherever you listen to podcasts such as spotify and apple music if you enjoy socks machine and you want more you can get more by becoming a patreon supporter at patreon.com slash socks machine our patreon supporters get exclusive content they get ad-free versions of both the podcast and website and when we have new socks machine swag they're the first ones to receive it Monthly plans start at $2, or you can save with an annual subscription. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash Machine. The Socks Machine Podcast is a production of SoxMachine.com. You're over all things Chicago White Sox baseball and part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Josh Nelson. Thanks for listening and watching. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.